Hey guys, have you checked out 336 Daily? Did you know that sometimes, in fact, pretty often, I've been recording it in my car while driving to different job sites? That's how easy Anchor is to make podcasts. With Anchor, you can record your podcast and edit your podcast and upload your podcast all in the Anchor app, and then it makes sure it goes after iTunes and Spotify and wherever you need to put it. It, they take care of everything, distribution. They help you with advertising and getting in commercials. Check out the Anchor app. Go to the App Store and download the Anchor app for free or go to anchor.fm to check it out. Have you heard? The bird's the word. Section 336, the next generation of Baltimore sports talk. Today on the show, we discuss our night at the yards. Oh, I mean night at the arena. As Section 336 attended a Baltimore Blast game on Saturday. And our one call away this week is in keeping with our Baltimore Blast coverage. And of course, we will share our thoughts about the Seth Smith deal. Uh, acquisition of Seth Smith for Yavani Gerardo. We'll get into that too. All that and more on this edition of Section 336. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Baltimore sports fans of all ages, welcome to Section 336, the next generation of Baltimore sports talk. I am your endearingly southern host, Matt Soroka. As always, I'm joined by the Zany Burt Rode. Celebrate good times, come on. And the button lover, Josh Soroka. How's it going? I, uh, you know our, our extra long intro? Yeah, you know, I realized that if you watch on Facebook, you get to listen to our theme song and watch all of us just stare around <laughs> at our phones and computers as we wait for Bored. the song to end. <laughs> and we're also joined by the intern. What's good? You know, I was also thinking as I um, I opened up Facebook because you said we're going live, and then I was watching the video that we made on Saturday, and it said live in the top corner. Kind of, kind of deceiving. We were playing it live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The video itself wasn't live. It was pre-recorded at the Royal Farms Arena Saturday night. Baltimore Blast versus the Dallas Sidekicks. Yeah, so we've been talking about, and Bert made an excellent, astute comment before the show, saying, you know, our theme song said we may even talk about the Blast. Well, now you can drop that May. Like, yeah. we will talk about the Blast uh, every once today. in a while. Today, yeah. Today. Yeah. Today. Today's because a pretty big Blast-centric episode. Absolutely. <laughs> it was my first Blast experience. You guys first time you guys been blasted in a while <laughs> yeah i haven't been blasted like that in a while yeah it was a good time <laughs> it was it, it was it was neat to to go as like adults and see indoor soccer yeah and it's way more fun than outdoor soccer yeah oh yeah yeah big time well and it, here's the thing and i was thinking about this and i'm, I'm not a huge soccer guy 
but it was entertaining. And I was thinking about this. As far as sports go, I think of like American football. Mm-hmm. And I know people say like they, they, they knock baseball as being too slow. Mm-hmm. For me, football is even slower than baseball. I mean, because if you think about it, uh, like between every play, there's like 30 seconds as, yeah. as guys stand up and line up. And then you have like a five-second play. And then there's like 45 more seconds as, as they line up and sure. get ready for the next play. Play clock. Yeah, yeah. But there's only like five seconds of actual play time every minute. Sure. Whereas in um, the soccer game, like it was the quarters are 15 minutes. Yeah. And it was like the, the clock never stopped. Pretty much, yeah. Except for after a goal or I think if the ball went out of play. Yeah. Other than that, it was or if somebody got hurt. Right. Other than that, the clock is ticking, baby. Yeah. And, well, and and though it's indoor soccer, there's still some flopping going on. Yeah. <laughs> it's like an outdoor soccer. Yeah, people yeah. holding their face. It's over a little bit dramatic. Yeah, there's got to be some rug burns from all that flopping. Yeah, because I mean, when we went down on the field, it's like it's just like your fake grass that you would buy at Home Depot. Sure, it's, it had a little at, had a little it, cushion to it. Right. Yeah, it had some padding underneath, but it didn't look at very uh, fancy. I wouldn't have wanted to like take a dive, you know, a running dive shirtless onto it. Yeah. And there was also a lot of like creases and and like uh, yeah seams in it. Kind of reminds I I haven't really been on in on Roger Stadium's uh, turf, but uh, it would Roger Stadium. What's Roger Stadium? Oh oh, oh Roger Center. Oh, Roger oh the Center. Roger Center. Right. Roger Toronto. Center. Yeah. yeah. Just yeah. say the Sky Dome. We all know. Um, uh, gotta stay up the times, guys. But crappy like that. At least before they resurfaced it. Yeah, I don't know. Right. I think it's hard to imagine that the Rogers Center would be in as bad shape as the turf was at the Royal Farm I just, Arena. <laughs> I was trying to take a dig at the Blue Jays. All right, let me break. Well, did you mention that we're going to be talking with the member of the Blast in a few minutes? Yeah, yes. we are. We're one, one of their football, one of the soccer players. We're Foot, gonna t- footballers. Footballers. If they play indoor soccer, are they still referred to as footballers? Uh, we we and then what would you call? We an can ask our guy. Player. And uh, did our guy? Start off as an outdoor soccer player, or I'm sure we Have can you ask ever heard them. Of kids that grew up playing indoor soccer, yeah, but they usually do both. Right, they play indoor in the winter and then outdoor in the fall. Right, the spring. Well, there's not many high school. You don't play. There's not many indoor soccer yeah. teams. No, and it's usually the guys, club. the guys who take soccer very seriously, who need to play year round because it's like in their blood, and uh, so they get used to playing indoor and outdoor. Right. And, and once you get to be that age, you're not still playing soccer indoor and outdoor unless it's a real passion, you know? Yeah, it's true. It's true. And none, none of us played soccer as kids, right? I didn't. I got, a, uh, I got a letter when I first entered high school inviting me to come out and try out for the soccer team my freshman year. You get it like a month before the first day of school. Yeah. Uh, because that's when soccer practice starts sure. when you're on the high school right. soccer team. And one of the I remember specifically in the letter it's talked about how much running they do just in practice. <laughs> like we run so many miles every day of practice. I was like, not for me. Sorry. Yeah. I stuck with baseball. Yeah, for for me the the high school soccer team was the big push because there was no football team. Yeah, we didn't have a football team at right? the time. So they either. they pushed soccer. I never played so I played one year intramurals soccer in college. That's it. Yeah. Nothing that I had to actually like work out and practice for. <laughs> no. But I, can, I definitely didn't work out. Right, I, I can show up to a field and kick a ball. I mean, that sounds soccer is like the kind of sport where it's fun. Like we, even when we got down on the field at the Royal Farms Arena Saturday we, night, we wanted a ball. Yeah, like it, it's fun to like pretend that I'm good at soccer and right. like try to do like foot tricks and stuff. But I'm really, I mean, I, I'm laughing stock. I, yeah, it, it was the but the collisions on the field. 
It was almost like watching a hockey game, the way they just run into each other. Yeah, they didn't hold back. Yeah, and the line changes, too, were like a hockey game, just guys mm-hmm. popping and, in and hopping yeah. out. Penalty yeah, yeah. box. In the middle of play. It's basically hockey on grass. <laughs> yeah. And for the most, like, it's, it was it was really cool. It was fun to see. Uh, real talk, though. Like, it was there was some downsides, too. Hashtag real talk. Hashtag keeping it real. Hashtag sorry, not sorry. Sure. Um, for example, I'm not sure if I would take – my wife to such an event because um and Bert maybe you can speak to this like it's not it's not a it's not a huge deal but when I go to a, a place to watch an event I don't want to spend what was it ten dollars for a beer oh yeah yeah that was yeah. a little outrageous it was yeah. a little little outrageous at the Royal Farms Arena or the chicken box as it's sometimes referred to yeah uh, but 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 the the play on it the the, the play on the field itself you was, used to call was good me on my... so let's talk about that you used to, you used to. Yeah. You used to call me on my cell phone. Section 336 is now excited to be joined by Tony Donatelli, uh, player for the Baltimore Blast. Tony, thanks for jo- jo- joining us here on Section 336. Thanks a lot for having me. Absolutely. Um, so. I'm excited to talk to you. We were there on Saturday. We watched you play. Uh, the Baltimore Blast have been, uh, like, recently, and even for the past, I mean, in this most recent version of Baltimore Blast, eight cha- championships uh, t- since, t- since 2010. You've gone to the finals every year and won twice. I know last year, Tony, you were a big part about the championship last year. Uh, what's the key to the Blast being so consistently good every single year? I think a lot of credit has to go to, you know, Kevin Healy, the GM, uh, Ed Hill, the owner, and Danny Kelly and, and David Vasco and the coaches. They implement, you know, a good system. They bring in the right type of players that fit into that system. And, you know, we we have a good team with great talent, and uh, it shows on the field every year. Yeah, absolutely. And it was, it's fun to watch. I mean, we were there when you guys beat the sidekick 7-2. Set, set to two. And, by the way, a little side note here. Um, I know that you got a couple a couple goals in that game, so congrats on that. You also got an assist. Yet, and I was a little bit. And Tony, you can you can share your frustrations here on section three through six. I was a little annoyed that that you didn't get the player of the game at at, at the end of the game. And you mentioned he- Healy, the the GM. Is there some, did that have something to do with it? I know his son got the uh, player of the game. Were you a little bit annoyed at that? Huh? <laughs> no, not really. You know, uh, that doesn't mean too much to me. And Pat's such a great player, and it was like that. It's great to have him back on the team. It was his first home game. And, as a defender, to have a goal and an assist and to shut out the other team to, to two goals, shut them down to two goals, he was a big part of our win. So, you know, we don't we don't really care about that as long as the team gets to win. Okay. Well, I, I noticed Tony for you, and I care for you, and it, it bothered me. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Absolutely. <laughs> now, this is the first time we've gone to a Blast game in decades uh, since we were uh, kids. What we, Everyone grows up playing soccer in some form. What's – the, the transition like from going with traditional outdoor soccer to playing indoor soccer yeah there's a big adjustment period and you know new players coming into the indoor game you know there's definitely a learning process that, that takes place um the game's a lot faster um you have a lot less time on the ball and you know things happen quickly um it's an exciting game for the fans there's a lot of goals there's a lot of action it's up and down and um you know, it takes time to adjust to that but it's definitely a fun game and it's something uh, i enjoy doing it as much as, as outdoor all right, cool. T- Tony, we only got a short amount of time with you, and I got a bunch of questions, so I want to jump right into it. Sure. I-, I looked at your Wikipedia page, and first of all, congrats on having a Wikipedia page. One of my <laughs> lifelong goals, still haven't gotten there yet. 
Thank you. Um, but but I see you're from Glenside, Pennsylvania, which, by the way, this is we cover the the, the Baltimore Orioles a lot. And Clara Dalrymple, Clay Dalrymple is from there, who played in the Orioles in '69 through '71, part catcher. of the World Series time, yeah. old catcher. Um, but since college, I was looking at your your, your Wikipedia page. Since college, and I, and you can correct me if this list is right or wrong, but you played for the Ocean City Barons, the Vancouver Whitecaps, the Montreal Impacts, the Charleston Battery, and I'm not sure if this is true or not, but like on the side there was a mention of the VSI t- Tampa Bay, uh, the Ottawa Fury, Harrisburg City Islanders. Uh, have you really played for all these teams? Yeah, that's true. The, I think there's a Rochester Rhinos in there. Oh. As well. So, yeah. Why? I was playing for, for quite a few years. I was playing indoor and outdoor, so that has something uh-huh. to do with it. Um, and, you know, as, as a young a young player, a single person, I love to travel. And, you know, I was able to get offers from so many great cities and organizations. So uh, I couldn't turn a lot of them down. And uh, I really and don't regret any of those decisions. I really enjoyed all, all those cities. That's really cool. Yeah, such a cool opportunity. Is this, like, is this the typical route if you want to play professionally soccer in america you kind of have to be able to and willing to move to where there's opportunity is is that typical i think yeah it is pretty it's pretty common especially you know not at the, the, at the highest level of mls i mean uh, at the lower levels yeah you're definitely just taking every opportunity that you can get um i'm, I'm lucky and fortunate enough to have a call baltimore my home for the last five years so um i've been able to settle down as i'm getting older in my career but yeah, it's, it, I think it's pretty common, and you know, guys are, are willing to move around to, you know, live out their dream of playing professional soccer. Yeah, it's very cool. So, what is, so what has been your favorite place to, to live at, for uh, amongst all these places? Um, it's hard to, to pick one. Um, well, go well, and try. Baltimore, I'm not going to say that. Yeah, that's a good answer great, right but, there. You know, uh, <laughs> I don't believe you, but, but good uh, answer. <laughs> you know, I really enjoyed Vancouver, uh, Montreal, were two really great cities up in Canada, and uh, even Charleston as well. Was a beautiful city to live in, so I've been fortunate to have some really great cities that I've lived in. Yeah, and you've had a, a nice long career. You've been playing per, per, per professionally for for how many years now? What is it, nine, ten? It's eleven, I think now. Wow. My eleventh year. So. Good, <laughs> good for you. And and what what I'm I'm always curious about this because soccer is kind of, I mean, it's the world's most popular sport, but in America we ca- kind of really haven't embraced it like they have in other countries. Uh, in your career, have you seen the the popularity of soccer change, and and where do you think, as far as popularity goes, how how do you think soccer is doing right now in America? Well, I, I think it's grown a lot. You know, just from when I started ten, eleven years ago as a professional to now, if you look at the MLS, I think they've doubled in size. You know, the attendance is much higher, salaries, the, the quality of player they're bringing over is great. Um, the the leagues that are that exist now, the opportunities in, in North America to play professional soccer are much greater. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's definitely growing, and it's exciting, you know, to see that. Um, I think we're moving up in the list of you know professional sports in this country. So um, it's something that I'm I'm happy with and proud of to be a part of. Yeah, it's cool. And I, I was gonna say, my my thinking was because we see the state of football right now, and football is concerned about their pop popularity, American football, because of the concussions and stuff. And I was gonna make a comment how well maybe parents are more likely to push their kids towards soccer because football is dangerous. But i tell you what, watching that game on Saturday, I, I wouldn't be shocked if concussions happen all the time in, in indoor soccer. I mean, that was a really physical game, right? Oh, it is. You know, indoor soccer is a lot different than outdoor soccer. It's much more physical, uh, demanding on your body, and injuries happen. And, it's you know, there are collisions, and I guess some of the fans like to see it, but, you know, <laughs> definitely you know, puts some people in harm's way. And, 
Um, but no, for sure, it's it's definitely still a safer sport than maybe football. And you can see it in the youth uh, today how many you know kids are playing you know, soccer growing up. So it's good to see that popularity grow. I I enjoy the collisions. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I like that. I like the exciting part of that. I thought that was fun. Um, the yeah, ba- sure. the the Baltimore Arena. Uh, we hear all the time about how the Baltimore Arena is kind of subpar compared to what all the other cities go, have going on. Um, and then even when we were down on the field after the game, we noticed that there's a lot of uneven surfaces and stuff. Is that common? Is that how uh, it is that you're just used to playing on uneven uh, turf? Yeah, I mean, it, it is pretty common throughout the league because most you know, most organizations, they're sharing the arenas with you know, other sports, whether it's hockey or other events, so they can't have the turf laid out you know, throughout the whole winter. Right. Um, there are a few that, that do have it, and you know it's obviously much better conditions. But we understand the business side of it, and how you know there's other events going on. So it does make it a little bit tougher to play. Um, but you know we're used to it at this point, and you know it's a little bit of a home field advantage for us. <laughs> sure, of course, if you're if you're used to it and you know where those dips are, that helps out. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. My my favorite part about soccer, and I'm not a huge soccer guy, but my favorite part is I'm with Josh. I like the collisions, but more specifically. I like the reaction of the players after co- 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 collision, specifically after being like just a little bit of trip, falling over and and holding the face and kind of overreacting. Is is there? Right. Yeah, is this is this part of the indoor co- indoor soccer culture too? This this the idea flops. of of flopping and exaggerating your injuries. Um, I don't know about the whole flopping thing. I think there is you know a lot more personalities that come out, whether that's you know over-exaggerating an injury or, you know, celebration on goals. Um, no, there is a lot of, you know, there's still a show that we're trying to put on for the fans. So I think guys are, you know, allowed to express themselves in a certain way to a, to a limit and not, you know, hindering the game. Yeah, I thought something was interesting watching the game Saturday too was, uh, you know, you guys, like we've been saying, are very physical, a lot of collisions. Yes. But there was also a visible camaraderie between the blast players and the sidekicks players. Yes. You know, when the, the teams got introduced – you guys were hugging each other. Like, do you do you tend to know some of the guys on the other teams, or have played together before? You have relationships with guys all around the uh, MASL. Yeah, for sure. You know, playing especially you know playing for as long as I have, you know, almost on every team, I have either ex-teammates or players that I've played against for a certain amount of years that you develop relationships with. Um, but once you step on the field and the whistle blows, you know, you don't have any friends, and it's a <laughs> battle out there, as you saw on Saturday. So, yeah, there's definitely our friends, but you know, we leave that. To before or after the game. Sure. Yeah, and, and you mentioned the celebrations and put on a show. I think that's great. I think it's fantastic. And some other sports have kind of um, shied away from that, even to the point of giving penalties for celebrating. And it's kind of ridiculous. Yeah. Like, we're a sport. We should be having fun. Um, but one thing I noticed at the soccer game, a lot of young men, um, and pretty much everybody, likes to take their shirt off. <laughs> um, is this a, and, I, and I didn't know that this was the thing. Taking your your shirt off a soccer game. Well, the fans were doing it too. Yeah, yeah. Is this uh, where where does this come from? This taking your shirt off at a soccer game. I like it though. I'm not knocking it. If I had a better stomach, I would take my shirt off more often. <laughs> I'm not sure it has been a thing. I know you know one of our guys when they scored, they did it. That's yes, yes. One of the first times I've seen it this year. So I don't know how common that is. No, it's uh, just for you, Matt. The fans are doing it, but yeah, I haven't done that myself. So. Yeah. My next goal, I'll do it. There you go. <laughs> 
Yeah, uh, please do. I think it's I think it's fun and entertaining. And you can have section three three six painted on your chest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> what what I'm curious about the um the the travel accommodations because you guys travel around a lot and, and the the league is spread out right across the states. Uh, what's your what's your travel co- uh, accommodations like? Do they treat you well, Tony? Oh, they do. You know, we we're, we are put up in nice hotels usually. Um, the travel can be difficult at times, especially when you have, you know, we have back-to-back games maybe on a Friday or a Saturday. Um, I know we played a couple weeks ago. We played at home, and then we had to fly and play in Kansas City the next night. Um, we played in Syracuse and had to drive four hours and then play in Harrisburg the next day. So yeah. there is some, some times where it's difficult, but, you know, they, they do try to take care of us as best they can and put us in the best conditions to perform on the game day. Yeah. Absolutely, as well they should. So once the blast season is over, um, is there another? I know I, I listed all those leagues that you've been a part of. So you do you go right from the blast league, and and do you play in a in, a, in another league in the off season? I guess um, there's no off season really. Though. I had been doing that. No, I have been playing indoor and outdoor up to about uh, last year was my first year where I during the summer I took off from playing outdoor. Um, wanted to give my body a rest and you know make sure I was ready for the indoor season. So I just spent the time here in Baltimore coaching. And, um, working some camps and you know getting back to the kids and as much as I could. Yeah, you and the whole Baltimore Blast culture seems to be very very kid friendly. A ton of kids out there. I know you had guys on the field after afterwards for um, for signing autographs and pictures and just props to you all for being so kid and family friendly. Oh, I appreciate it. Yeah, it's, and we know it's it's a big part of our fan base are the kids and you know, we do a lot of camps and. You know, a lot of guys are coaches and have their own teams, and you know they get them to come out and support us. Um, but the Blast also do a great job of you know getting to the local club club teams and you know offer them great great uh, chances to come see us play. So yeah, we know it's that's the future of this league is you know those youth players. We want to give them the opportunity to meet the professional players now and you know have something to strive for. And that's, that's what all the, that's what all the fans we talked to and asked about. Why are you such a big Blast fan? It was because the Blast are part of the community. They give back. They're they're. Uh, we can reach out to yeah, them. Yeah, approachable. Yeah, yeah. So that was very cool to hear when we're used to covering the Orioles and Ravens, which are not so much. You can't talk to any of those players. We can't even get them on the phone right, for an no. interview to get you, Tony. Was no problem. I mean, <laughs> bottom blessing, very welcoming, very friendly. We can't get uh, an interview from it. it we have to, to to give them a right arm to get a freaking interview by a player. It's ridiculous over there. <laughs> Yeah, it's a little bit more difficult, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a lot more. Trust me, it's a lot more. It's a pain in the butt. Um, I'm sorry. I'm not digressing a little bit. Um, what what do you prefer? So you play both indoor and outdoor. Outdoor. What's your preference, indoor, outdoor, and why? You know, I get that question a lot, and it's. it's I don't know if I have a preference. Whenever I was playing indoor, I always missed the outdoor game, and vice versa. Um, I think as I've gotten older, the indoor game has catered, you know, to my game. Um, has fit more, you know, easily. Um, so, you know, I'm able to play it for maybe a longer time. Um, so yeah, I enjoy, I enjoy both. Um, but at this time, you know, definitely indoor games, what I, what I love the most. Yeah. What, what has always shied me as a kid away from playing soccer is the running. How much do you have to run a day to keep in shape, to be able to play a game? Um, that's a tough question. You know, in the off season, I'm usually running you know, five miles a day wow. during the season. We have, you know, pretty strenuous practices, usually two to three hours long. So don't really track how much we're running but we do run quite a bit and you know on off days we're always you know in the gym trying to keep ourselves fit so yeah that's a lot of work i couldn't tell you an exact answer how, how much we run but i know it's a lot well maybe you can get a fitbit and come back to us with a <laughs> right. yeah we could <laughs> yeah, if only they had things that track that <laughs> uh 
Yeah, but uh, the the so so what's next for you all th- th- this season? When's your next game? When's your next home game? What's next for you guys? Um, well, yeah, we play this Saturday night at home uh, against Harrisburg um, down at the arena. So it's a game we actually lost them our last game against them for the first time in many years. So uh, we have revenge in our minds, and we're going to be ready for this one. Nice. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The 14th and the 29th are the next two home games. Yeah, and we encourage right. everyone to go out there and, and check it out for good, a good time. What, what, Tony? Uh, we appreciate you t- uh, t- t- taking a few minutes and coming on here. It was really fun to talk to you. Thanks, man. No, no problem. I appreciate having me on. All right, thank you. Absolutely. Thanks, Tony. I gotta take care. Hey, hey, Tony. You hung up on him? Yeah. I was gonna give him to the hey, listen, section three through six. Well, we can call him back. All right, we'll get him back <laughs> on. Me, me and Tony yeah. are Facebook friends now. Okay. Oh, there you go. Okay. Well, you, you guys can do it on your own. Yeah, that's true. When you need my love Call me on my cell phone Late night when you need I was looking at this picture of Tony uh, He's a he's a, he's a a guy with just like a pretty normal haircut Like I was hoping we'd get one of those guys with the really funky haircuts There are a lot of funky haircuts And facial hair And facial hair Yeah, like, yeah. yeah well you and Santana are going for that hair, same haircut Yeah, what was that guy's name? Santana I was trying to remember his first name. Oh, I don't know. Number 78. I don't know. I, I think uh, I enjoyed the, the goalie was exciting to watch. Nelson Santana ripping off my haircut. Defender from Oakland, California. Yeah, the, the goalie was very enthusiastic. Yeah, even when he got kicked in the crotch. Oh, and uh, there was um, Andrew Hoxie with the mustache. A lot of colorful personalities, yeah, yeah. I think, yeah. on this team. Yeah, it was. They were, yeah. I was actually. We had more fun than we kind of expected yeah. going to watch the blast. I like that interview. Tony's Tone a good interview. Yeah. yeah, not all players are good interviewers. No. Well, when's the last um, time you got you heard an interview of a soccer player? No. Let alone one that you were like interested in. Like this is yeah. this is the local guy. Yeah, yeah, I know. But sometimes and, we like even talk to baseball players, and they don't give us much to work with. Right. I mean, that's, that's a good interview. They're like, they're Tony, phoning it in. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Right. <laughs> Tony's the guy we could go watch, enjoy watching the Oriole game with or something in this all in the summer when he's giving back to the community. Yeah, I wouldn't mind having him back on he's the show. I don't I don't know what guy. his sports affiliation is. I don't want to mind him back on the show. He's he's good. It's good. Yeah. That's good. And hey, it took a hundred and ninety what is this, ninety eight episodes? And we finally got to the blast. Yeah. We can just call ourselves the Blastastics now. We are now officially, if it, if we weren't before, we are the definitely uh, Baltimore's best sports podcast. Yep. I mean, because what other sports podcast in Baltimore talks about the Orioles, Ravens, and the Blast? No, None. give me one. None. And, and you, you know can't. What? We're gonna continue. We covered off a little blast. Yeah, sure. So, you gotta check fun. in, especially yeah, they're defending champions. What if they go into the championship game again this year? Half the city of Baltimore won't even know unless Section Three Three Six. But we'll tells be there them. covering it. Absolutely. If it's a home championship game, yeah, we should be there. Doing it again. Now, uh, we got a question in the chat room. Are you guys going to go more often now? Probably not, no. <laughs> oh, sorry. If you guys can just, like, lower the beer prices, man. Like, when when, 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 I, when, I, when I go to any sporting event, whether it's the Orioles or, you know, Ravens, yeah. I like to I like to bring, like, I'll bring my own peanut butter jelly, peanut butter jelly sandwich. Sure. Some green beans, a mango, maybe. Uh-huh. And then I like to purchase uh, a beer or two while I watch the game. Sure. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Concessions is a little high there. It was pricey. How much did you pay for that beer, Bert? Uh, ten twenty-five. Ten twenty-five for yeah. a beer. Yeah, and, and I, it was a Bud Light. It wasn't like a uh, dog like fish a premium head or beer. something. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not like I, I listen. I can afford a ten-dollar beer. I can afford it, but it's the principle of the thing that I'm paying ten dollars for a Bud Light. But right. the truth is, we are going to go more 
often. I mean, we didn't go in 30 years. We went once. That's Pero, true. Yeah, yeah, so, we won't and, go and more often. I'll, I'll go more than once in the next 30 years. Yeah, no, that, that's I, true. And I mentioned to the uh, youth director at the church that said, hey, the blast is a great thing to, that you could take a bunch of uh, middle school kids to. It's a fun activity. Yes. Oh, totally. You can so, take your shirt off. It's great. Yeah. Right. right. Middle school boys, boys will love yeah. going to the Baltimore Blast game. They love taking shirts so off. So I might yeah. take a group like that up in the future, <laughs> I'm thinking. Yeah. And they don't drink beer, so they don't have to worry about the 1025 beers. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Just well, if, the, if, the, if the Blast hosts the championship game, I'll go if I'm not doing anything. Yeah. That'll be fun. The, the fans were fun. <laughs> I like all those ifs. If it's the championship game, and, and if, if I'm, I'm not, not doing do- anything, I'll consider it. <laughs> I don't have anything better to be doing. Yeah. I, uh, you know, Josh kept saying uh, all week leading up to this that we hadn't been to a game in 30 years. But, I mean, that's a bit of a fib because I did go. You guys well, are you freaking, went, you went, guys are freaking 34. Yeah, I went. I took my daughter to a blast game. I think it was maybe five years ago or so. And it was the championship game. They were hosting it at the Royal Farms Arena. I can't remember who they were playing against, but they lost. And it was it was something I've never experienced where it's a championship game and your home team loses on its own home field. I mean, that's never happened with the Orioles or the Ravens in my lifetime that I've been there personally to witness it. It was, it was a little weird seeing the opposing team celebrate their championship, getting the trophy ceremony yeah. right there on yeah, the floor of the Royal Farms Arena. Yeah, that's yeah. That's never fun. But I had a good time. We got a Vuvuzela. What, 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 what is it like the game on Saturday where there was like a group, a hardcore, but a group of about six of the um the the, the slapsticks. What was the opponent's names? The slip and slide. Sidekicks. Sidekicks. Oh, yeah. There was a group of like five sidekick fans. And who five were is being generous because I only saw three. <laughs> I saw three. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's three. I guess the Dallas sidekick fans don't travel well. Yeah. Um, and I got a, we got another comment from, from John saying Falcon Stadium has cheaper beer. I know for a the fact, Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I know, I know for a, a fact that John is too young to be drinking that beer anyway. Uh-oh. So don't worry about it, John. All right. <laughs> all right. I want to get into some Orioles talk. I got some right. thoughts on this, uh, Seth. You Smith mean because they actually did something? Yeah. With Seth Smith. Yeah. Okay. I got I got some thoughts about this thing. I want to look at it from a few different angles. All right. Let's talk about it first from a Dan Duquette angle. So Dan Duquette trades. Yavani Gallardo, in the middle of his two-year, what was it, $22 million deal, mm-hmm. um, he, he trades him to to Seattle for Seth Smith. Of course, last year was the famous deal with Seattle for, um, Mark, Trumbo. for Mark Trumbo. There was also the midseason deal uh, for right. Wade Miley. Adam Jones. Going Chris way Stillman. back, we can go we, back. We've gotten lots of good players. To, the, to the best deal of all time, that Eric, or one <laughs> of the best deals of all time that Eric Bedard deal that that got us adam jones and chris tillman and george sherrill uh and that was so much fun but i want to talk about it from this angle where i think this was a gutsy move uh by dan duquette kind of like a swallow your pride moment from dan duquette so yavani gallardo is coming off of what's by far his worst year as a as a major leaguer right he can kind of only go up yeah yeah like he had an era last year of 5.42, 5.42, whereas the career is ERA is well below four. Uh, he, he only pitched in 118 innings. This is after we heard all the time he's never missed games. He always right. He's there at 200 innings. He didn't come close to it with 118 innings. Uh, so we gave him a draft pick. We signed him to $22 million, which I think is the number, and then there's an option, a $13 million option for a third year. And after one bad year. He gone? 
he gone. It would have been easy for Dan Duquette to say, hey, listen, I gave up a draft pick. I signed this guy for $22 million as an option for a third year. Um, he had a really bad year last year. The whole buy low, sell high notion, like he's at his lowest. So Dan Duquette could have argued saying, hey, listen, right now it looks like a bad deal. But if, but if Gallardo comes back next year, throws to an ERA under four, uh, wins 12 games, 15 games, all of a sudden Dan Duquette looks like that's a pretty decent move. Right, and he has Danuquette has an opportunity to redeem himself for making a bad deal, for making a bad signing. Sure, but instead of doing that, Danuquette says, "Hey, listen, I made a mistake signing Giovanni Gardo. He's not that good. Let me trade him and move on." And so he didn't hold on to him too long, just to try to get something out of that money he paid for him. He right. said, "You know what? Hey, I made a bad move. His stock is dropping." His stock will probably continue to drop. He's not very good. Cut your losses. Let me cut my losses now and get a player that can really help our team. Yeah. So from Dan Duquette's perspective, I think it was it it shows a Giovanni Gallardo signing was a mistake. That was bad, but it does show right. at least he was willing to make something. He won't say it was bad. He'll just say it, it but, didn't work out. No, it was a bad move. But but he's making but yeah. chicken salad out of uh, yeah, chicken he's, poop. He's saving say. money and bringing yeah. in a guy who will be an impact player. Right. As long as it's a right-handed pitcher, like every other Oriole. So, so, so from Dan Duquette's perspective, a pretty decent move. From uh, the pitcher rotation's perspective, so we, we had an extra guy anyway. Yeah, we had an extra guy. But that, but, but an extra guy, as in extra guy, as in our level extra guy. It does put some pressure on. We now have five. Right. These five have to perform. Five. Who? Two of them. Two of them in Wade Miley and. Abado Jimenez, who have been consistently inconsistent. Yes. Yeah. Right. Cannot be trusted. Right. Yes. At any moment, could balloon, have an ERA of nine, and yes. it wouldn't surprise anybody. Yes. Could not get out of the second inning. Walk the first six guys they face. Yes. That's by, for five straight starts. <laughs> like, that can happen. And another guy in Dylan Bundy, who pitched his first full healthy year um, last year in, like, 100 years. Right? So, a guy who has not been consistently healthy, Dylan Bundy, Two other guys who have been uh, consistently inconsistent. That's three out of your five starters. Right. We're banking on our number three starter based on three good months of pitching ever in his career. Right. And so that's left us with if something doesn't work out, if Miley or Jimenez goes south, which is very possible and are atrocious, uh -huh. if Bundy gets hurt, uh, then where are we? <laughs> Right, we're we're in trouble. We're is where in, we are. Uh, Mike Wright and what's the other guy? Vance Worley, T.J. McFarland, Tyler Wilson, Worley, Tyler Wilson. I thought Vance Worley's not on the team anymore. Well, I think he's currently. Didn't we cut him? Isn't currently a free agent? I think he's a free agent. Yeah. Vance Worley. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. He's in. He's in. Uh, is he in arbitration? I think he's in arbitration. Maybe. No, you, had just... the, you already had to sign guys through arbitration. Uh, so we let to him keep go. that forty roster. Yeah. I mean, I realized right. Dylan Bundy. You know, is a question mark. But uh, Wade Miley and Jimenez is your four and five starters. I think that's pretty, you know, standard operating procedure around the league that every team's four and five starters can be somebody crappy like Jimenez and Miley, right? Right. Isn't the problem that like who has a stud number four starter? Uh, the Red Sox. Besides Red Sox, right? Yeah. But you got to remember, for years we've brought in Ubaldo Jimenez to be our number one. That was a failure. Number four, I'll okay. take Ubaldo Jimenez. Well, we brought in Wade Miley to be like a number two, three. 
Yeah. I'll take him as a number five. I don't think I think he was brought in to be a four. Yeah. Um, All right, well, I'll take him as a five. And Ubaldo Menes, the problem with Ubaldo Menes is he's either a two or he's like not even on the route. Like he's either really good, like he was the second half of last year, or he's shouldn't be starting. Right. So we got we got new pitching coaches this year. Maybe they can help with some consistency if you want to put a positive spin on it. Yeah. And there's some hey, and there is some young guys from Jason Garcia, TJ McFarland. You guys know the list. That Logan Verrett. Michael Wright, like one of those guys, Logan Barrett, one of those guys could emerge. Right. Yeah. So so we'll see. But it's it's concerning. It's now on like I was I was saying earlier that I thought D- Dylan Bundy might start in the bullpen. Not now, right? No. Because that was a scenario where I we mean, had we haven't written all the, the whiteboard up here. Well, yeah, you can erase that now because that changes with the extra starters gone. You've changed your mind. Well, circumstances have changed. Yeah, I, I, so that's nothing. To do no, with. I mean that that stays on the whiteboard, but I think we. No, you can erase it because circumstances have changed. <laughs> no, because no, no, I no longer think Bunny's going to go to the pen. You can erase. That's it. like buying a lotto ticket. The pick three being nine 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 nine, but they 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 lost the nine ball. So circumstances have changed. I need to uh, change my lottery pick. No, I can't change my opinion based on the the re- most recent events going on with the team. I mean, it's written on the whiteboard. Yeah, I don't think you can you change can, it once it's no, written on the whiteboard. once it's up there, it stays. Cause it's it's too, permanent. When the Orioles sign another pitcher, you're going to want it back up there. And no, it stays. Okay, well, erase my comments about Giovanni Gallardo being our best starter, too. <laughs> I would have to keep those as well. So, um, uh, Roger McDowell did make a comment this week that was interesting. Yeah. Uh, after years and years of... Oriole fans, there's one thing that we heard about the the philosophy of the Orioles coach uh, pitching staff. Okay. There's one pitcher not allowed to pitch. Cutter. The cutter. Yeah. Roger McDowell said he's open to bringing the cutter into the organization. He's open to Dylan Bundy pitching the cutter. Yeah. It. Uh, I believe when he was a pitcher, he used the cutter. Yeah. Pretty well. Yeah. Josh, I think you're the only person still on this issue of the cutter. There were articles written about the fact that the Orioles weren't allowed to play pitch with the cutter. It's why Jake Arrieta sucked for us, and he's awesome for the Cubs. Yeah, I mean, when you when people in national media are writing articles like that, if Roger McDowell is coming in and changing that thing up, maybe that helps out this staff a little bit. Yeah, maybe just the fact that he says, "I don't care what you pitch. If you're comfortable with the cutter, you can pitch the cutter. I'm not going to change you," is a big difference in philosophy than we've had for many years. Yeah. I think some of them. I think Chris Tillman was throwing the cutter last year. I think pitch, I, I, pitchers I were think throwing he them was already. Throwing a variation last year, yes. Yeah. I think these pitchers do what they want anyway. So what about the other half of the Gallardo deal? What about yes. Seth Smith? Yeah. So we talked about it from the Dan Cat and then from the pitcher. What Seth Smith does for our lineup, I think, is uh, I think it's a good fit, right? Sure. I mean, we got a left-handed hitting outfielder, which we had with Hyunsoo Kim, but is this an upgrade? Well, I well, mean, he'll play the opposite yeah, corner. It's an upgrade from Trumbo in the outfield. As far De- defensively? as defensively, yeah, and and speed, he's a fast guy from what I understand, right? He stole hey, one base last year. He's not fast, but he's faster than Trumbo. All <laughs> I mean, right. he's yeah, average. Um, a couple of things I like about him: his OBP is the obvious one, right? Um, I was joking on Twitter that Gallardo last year had an OBP of six hundred, right, for like two at bats. It was like four a year or something yeah. at bats. Oh, I thought uh, you were serious. You were joking? Yeah, I know. My sarcasm doesn't yeah. come across real well on on, on the Twitters. <laughs> Um, but, but yeah, he, he would, he ranks, if he were on our team last year, he would have been third on our team in OBP behind only Hyunsoo Kim and, uh, and Manny Machado. 
Um, he had an OBP last year, 342, which is exactly like if you look at the weakness of this team. We need a right fielder, and we need someone who has good on-base percentage. We are sorry, so the potential the for him to bat at the top of the lineup, goodbye. maybe leadoff, maybe second, oh, yeah. like that possibility is there because he's a high on-base percentage guy, right. at least against righties. The other thing he does, and this goes again with that leading off type aspect, um, is the Orioles aren't great at taking a lot of pitches. We all know Scope and Adam Jones famously can strike out of three pitches better than anyone in baseball. The, the Orioles tweeted out this week on their official Orioles Twitter, Joey Rickert last year batted 500 when swinging at the first pitch. I don't know what that means, but you shouldn't be celebrating swinging at the first pitch. Yeah. Who? 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 Joey Rickert? Yeah. Well, Joey Rickard, uh, um, oddly enough, and this kind of makes sense if you watched him play last year, he led the team in pitches per plate appearance. Wow. Uh, now, a smaller sample size because right, he didn't right. play most of the season. Uh, Nolan Reimold was second in pitches per plate appearance. He couldn't hit, but he could work the count, that guy. Uh, and and the next guy, who, if he was on the road last year, would have been Seth Smith who averages 4.22 pitches per right. plate appearance. So that's good. As we're looking at Seth Smith as an everyday player, those yeah. other guys were not everyday players. Yeah, and if you put him at the top of the lineup, that means initially bats, you're, seeing, pitches. you're seeing more pitches. That helps out, I think, a little bit. The players sitting behind him get to I, see those pitches. I, yeah, that's what we're told. Yeah. Wow, this is interesting. Seth Smith for the Mariners last year hit 16 home runs. Four of them were against the Orioles. Oh, really? Yeah. More than against any other team, especially the teams that he plays in the AL West, you know, once a week against Baltimore, four home runs. Yeah, and those numbers. So good. We, now we got him on our team. And those numbers probably go up a little bit playing with the playing at Camden Yards every day. He he also robbed a home run in Camden Yards last none, year. None of those four were at Camden Yards though last year. It yeah. must have been a Seattle. Series. Yeah, I was looking at his numbers at Camden Yards. They they weren't that great. Um, his he's not a he's not a plus defender, but he's average. And when you're dealing with, you're coming from a, a below average Mark Trumbo, you, you take average, I guess. Uh, my one concern is this team is is lining up to have a lot of platoon players and a lot of players who, and it's looking like this team might struggle against left-handed pitching. Which they did last year. Yeah. Last year, we were always concerned. And, and we haven't really addressed it. Right. And there's a lot of left-handed pitchers in the AL East. Yeah. Oh, 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 yeah. The you, Red Sox. Yeah, if you just look at the Red Sox, their top two pitchers, everybody knows, being Chris Sale right. and David, David Price. Price. And they also have the number four starter, I think will be the number four starter, Drew Pomerantz, a lefty. Right. And their fifth starter, probably Eduardo Rodriguez, our boy, former Oriole, left-handed. So we, four we of their five starters, the best team they at least, four of their five starters right. are left-handed pitchers. In football, we always talk about how the Ravens need to build their team to beat the Steelers, to match up well against the Steelers. Right. The Red Sox are built up to destroy the Orioles. Yeah, what? So, That's how they're designed. So when we play the Red Sox a hundred times every year to the best team in the league, we're going to bench Seth Smith and and uh, Hyunsu Kim every time, our two best on base percentage guys? Uh, it depends. You're going to have to figure something out. I don't know. Meanwhile, Camden Yards will be full of Red Sox fans. They're going to take pitches, but it's going to be interesting. That's where you could help. That's where bringing a guy like Trumbo back would help. Um, yeah. And then you. that's why you keep Joey Record on the team. To uh to platoon a little bit in there, I guess both those guys. Um, and then, I really don't see how you keep any of the rule five, the two rule five guys, unless you start Joey Rickard in the minors or something like that. I don't know how you keep one of these guys. Yeah, they're gonna be but in, again. You should interesting care roster about decisions to guys. make. Yeah, I mean the problem is 
it's going to be interesting roster decisions when you come. And we talk about how the Orioles hate to have guys with no options, right? Because it hamstrings you from what you can do. It's kind of the same thing with the platoon. If you can only have a guy who only bats against lefties, that means you have to have a guy on the bench to play that position right. just for just for righties or vice versa. So it kind of so I, I'm curious to see if they with Seth Smith, who has his been he's 34 years old. He's been in the league a long time. It's amazing to me that pe- that it, that you can't adapt. And That's you ha- crazy. Yeah. And then you have Hyunsoo Kim, who doesn't have much of a track record. I'll be curious if they try with either of these players right. Kim, they to didn't, play him against lefties. Kim, they just said, we're not even going to give you the option to try. Yeah, and I don't know what his numbers are in Korea with batting against left-handed hitters. I don't I'm, know. But I, I'm very curious to see how Hyunsoo Kim comes into this season after a year of American ball. Yeah. And getting used to the grind of American baseball. He certainly should get a hit in spring training. One, one would think. Yes, I, I would think so. Yeah, one would think, but I, I I like the move from Seth Smith. I think, I think it's it's good. You save money. It's good addition by subtraction. Right. I think Giovanni Gallardo. I think is bad, so I'm glad he's gone. And it seems to be fit the need. We need a corner outfielder. We need a high OBP. Right. You wish he was faster. You wish he was better defensively, but he's he fits the need. Yeah, yeah. So you, it seems like a good fit. Um. So what else do the Orioles need to do? So they got the outfielder. They got the high OBP. Do they still go after Trumbo? There's lots of talk that they're backing off on Trumbo. But they said the same thing about Chris Davis and then signed him two weeks later. Yeah, you don't believe anything they say. Right. So, And we're saving some money now with uh, the trade. Yeah. Four million bucks or something. Yeah. Do the order spend any more or is Duquette done? I think he might be done. I I don't know. I think... We'll, we'll wait and see what's available because at the right, end of January. Right now, is this team better than they were in October? Um, the last time they played a game, are they better now? I don't know. I feel like the Orioles are built to be an 81-win team. And then depending on right. who plays really well or who really who struggles. we Like if Chris Davis has a 2015 year, all of a sudden we're an 86, 87, 88-win team. If Dylan Bundy pitches like he did at, at, at his best... Then all of a sudden we're a 91, 92, 93 win team. Right. If Obaldo Jimenez pitches like he did the second half of last year, we're 95. Like, you can make these arguments for all. Of course. All of a sudden we're winning 120 games, Bert. And we see <laughs> you rolling your eyes over yeah, there. Yeah, how many of them are we playing against the Red Sox? And we've seen that. And we've seen that. And that's how the Orioles have gotten into the playoffs. Yeah, so I mean, it's hard to answer that question. Are we better than last year? It depends, right? We're not. Our, this lineup without Trumbo is not better than the lineup was last year with Trumbo. And uh, with Wellington Castillo is not better than with Matt Wieters? No, those are both downgrades. So, yeah. yes, we made a plus. We made an improvement in OBP. Yes, we made an improvement in the outfield. I'll give you that we made a slight improvement in the rotation by trading in a full year of Dylan Bundy. And addition by subtraction. I think this team is honestly better yes. off by not having I, a Bonagari. I, I, sure. I agree. So I'll give you those. But this lineup is still not better. Right now, you're looking at Trey Mancini as your DH. Right. Who, who's a question mark? Who's a question? A big question sure. mark. Sure. Yeah. They're going to have to still make another move, whether it's Trumbo or Batista or Angel Pagan or Pagan. Yeah. Pagan. But I like Pagan. I, like, That's I prefer better. going Angel Pagan. Go with yeah. the opposites. Yeah. I don't. Um. Who else is out there? Michael Sanders. There's been talk of. They're going to have to. Sanders. Add, yeah. You just keep on saying names. I'll keep on correcting you. Uh-huh. <laughs> They're going to have to add someone else to this roster. Okay. This cannot be the opening day And roster. they will, though, right? 
Because there's a ton of what, Chris Card you can add to the list. Like there's a ton of Jose Batista you can add to the list. I mentioned him. Oh, did you? Yeah. There's a, I, I like that move. But he called him Jose Batista. <laughs> Jose Batista. Uh, uh, bring him home. Former Oriole. Bring him back. But there's a, I'm sure that um, Baltimore will embrace him as a former Oriole. <laughs> he will be, be. It'd be like Eddie Murray when they brought back Eddie Murray. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Same I, thing. <laughs> right. I will boo Jose Batista on opening day, but then I will cheer as he hits home runs. Will you cheer? Will you, if, if you're in the outfield, if you're in the bleachers, you catch a home run, will you throw it back? Say, I don't want this ball by Jose Batista. I would. I would just <laughs> you know because I, Twitter would go crazy. It'd be zany. How <laughs> yeah. about this? If they sign Jose Batista, I'll buy a Batista Oriole jersey. Oh, my gosh. Jersey? A jersey or a jersey? Jersey, jersey, jersey. Yeah, no, no, no. Let's get it right. I'm sticking to 20 bucks, not 150 bucks. And I'm not buying a real Orioles jersey until they get the Under Armour jerseys in 2020. That's right. Don't yeah. invest. Well, the, no, the, there, there's two deals where I buy a jersey. I'll buy a jersey today World, if one World thing Series. happens. World Series in one scenario. World Series happens. I'm getting my Buck just, Showalter just jersey. Just going. You go. Yeah. I'm getting Buck Showalter jersey. probably Buck Showalter. That's what I'm go going in. with. That's probably the one. There's also a scenario where or I could buy a jersey tomorrow. What's that? If something happens, I will a, go tomorrow and buy a jersey. A 10-year deal for Manny Machado. Exactly. Oh, if yeah, they yeah. re-sign Manny Machado, yeah, I will in. go in right now and sign a Manny Machado contract. I mean, uh, <laughs> <If> you, <laughs> we're talking about too many things. You'll sign a contract. <laughs> I'll sign a contract saying I'll buy a jersey for Manny Machado. Yeah. And I'll go along and say, then you will probably never be buying a real jersey. Yeah. <laughs> but I, Josh, I agree with you, and I think it's inevitable that we'll sign another power bat, like strike out a lot power bat. We have to for for a discounted price. Yeah, that's going to happen. Yeah, I hope so. I'm not holding my breath. But it, again, yeah, I just I can't see going into this line into this open day lineup without another big bat because we know that's how. That's the Dan Duquette way is is hit home runs to to make up for a average pitchers. Yeah, and we'll see. Like I, but again, I don't know how much better Michael Saunders will be as opposed to Trey Mancini. I guess we'll find out. Um, right. Some, we yeah. Some some comments from the uh, chat room. Uh, John says, "Bring back Miguel, uh, Miguel Tejada to hit against lefties." <laughs> little past, a little a little old. <laughs> yeah. Well. Is, is he Who on knows? the Hall of Fame ballot? I yeah. mean, we, we brought back uh, Sammy Sosa. We brought back Vlad oh, Guerrero. We've been known to bring back uh, guys who should be retired and I give know. them one more year. You, you look at the Hall of Fame ballot, it's filled with guys who played one or two years at in the, Baltimore. At the end of their, career, the end of their career, when they sucked, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Shout out to you, Pete. You guys see that comment? I, I'm sorry, I'm reading comments in the chat room, but you guys see, speaking of comments, um, Ken Ro- Ro- Rosenthal wrote an article about how there's like 200 employees who haven't been, yeah, don't have the, contracts for the next or, I think Oral it was 70. Season? Oh, 70. I think I'm it sorry, was I'm 70 exaggerating. employees okay, 70. in the warehouse that do not have contracts for next year yet. Yeah, isn't that weird? It makes no sense. Oh, wow. You know, it's Miguel... like scouts and other people right. just don't have contracts. Coaches, minor league coaches. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's, that's weird. Unfortunately, it fits into the stereotype of Peter Angelus. As being what? As being cheap? Cheap. As, as willing to take any kind of advantage. But as, I, I also I don't know how that works. I, I don't, don't know either. Is that normal? Like, I, do most teams have a handful right. of players? I don't have a coaches? contract right now at my job. Yeah. I mean, when you're in the warehouse, isn't that kind of a normal job? Yeah. So I don't know how that works. Can you trade a scout member? I was just asked to fill out a sheet to say if I'm planning on coming back next year, but I don't know for sure if they want me back till right later in the year. Right. Yeah. Miguel Tejada filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy in August 2015. Oh, so maybe he's he might be looking for a job. Might be looking. For, maybe we can bring him back. Yeah, but just because he wants a job doesn't mean he can hit the ball. 
I mean, he could become be our intern. Some other I'll comments. Give him Twenty bucks a week. Uh, Chris commented, "Not at all." And he and then his next comment was, "I agree completely." I assume what that was it was in reference to. Now this is being done live time. Josh said something, and Chris said, "Not at all." Then I said something, and he said, "I agree completely." I think that's how that went down. Um, Jacob <laughs> comments, "Yavani is trash." Uh, again, I completely uh, agree with that. And Chris says, "We'll have another season like 2015 with this lineup, and that the rotation." Uh, uh, if not worse, and yeah, like it's it's. I mean, the rotation's a big deal, right? Is Jimenez good? How how good is he for how long? Isn't, isn't the is big, Bundy going to stay healthy at the, the top one. of his game? The big one is what can Dylan Bundy do? It's all of them, right? Can Kevin Gossman become an ace? Where we saw signs of that right. last year, right? For stretches, can, can Tillman continue to build on? Yeah, can Wade Miley not suck completely? Like all these, I think, are opening questions that, for some extent. Other right. other teams deal with how many games do we have to see Mike Wright start? Yeah, but like when you are the Boston Red Sox, you know Chris Dale's going to be good. You know David Price is going to be good. You, you have you at least in the regular season. Yeah, <laughs> you have questions about Eduardo Rodriguez, but you don't have questions about your top. We we kind of have some more questions about our top. Yeah, that's you, the Orioles. You want to think that, but didn't like San Diego invest a bunch of money into David Price, and then he came out and sucked. Not San Diego. No. All right, where did he go? David Price. Summer. Am I blank? I, I'm got the wrong guy bringing the show. Zach Greinke. I mean, Zach Greinke went to the Diamondbacks. Zach Greinke, but yeah. I, I, I thought it was David was Price great. who sucked somewhere. But else, that's so. the thing, though. If David Price sucks, they still have Chris Sale. Yeah, and Drew Pomerantz. <laughs> yeah, and they're all not going to suck. No. It's possible that all our guys do. <laughs> that's the our biggest thing is we got to make it into the playoffs so that we can face guys like Price and and Chris Sale in the playoffs and Price and have them choke. Price has a track record of choking in the playoffs. Chris yeah. Sale has never once even played in a playoff yeah. game. Price Price doesn't he's he's gone stretches where Price has struggled. He doesn't really scare me. Like Chris Sale is yeah. dominant. Yeah, we can't hit him. Right. Yeah. No. Like I, I would be okay going up against David Price. Chris Sale. Best thing no, we can I, hope for on a Chris jerseys. Sale start is that he hates the logo right. that they uh put on his jersey for the playoffs and he tears his jersey up <laughs> and he's right. not allowed to pitch. We need to have throwback nights whenever Chris Sale's <laughs> hey, lined up to pitch. That would be amazing. Hey, I don't want to crap on this anymore or laugh at somebody else's misfortune, but I thought this was funny. I'm going to show the guys in the studio here. Here's an autographed baseball by Miguel Tejada yeah. with a number 10 next to it. Yeah. This is his uh, bankruptcy paperwork for uh, Southern District of Florida, August 2015. Notice he doesn't put the little 10 next to his signature on his bankruptcy filing. I- Wait, do you do – you- does Cal Ripken put an eight there? I think I don't know. It. I think but you <laughs> just do that because you sign baseball memorabilia. I don't think you sign it when you I thought it was like bank. a permanent thing. Like even when you're filing bankruptcy, <laughs> you still put your jersey number you, at the end of your signature. You, you think Cal Ripken at the end of his checks puts HOF? I mean, Probably. He should. Year. He certainly should. He's earned it. When uh, I when I sign stuff for three three sixers, I put the three three six at the end. I don't do that on my normal paperwork though. But maybe right. I should start doing that. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna sign my uh, electronic filing on my tax return with a little three three six at the end. Yeah, that's too many n- numbers. Maybe we should each get one number. I'll be three, you be three, Josh be six or something. Each get one yeah, of the numbers. Yeah, that would make sense because I do the double the amount of work for this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> the amount of you two added together. Fine, I'll have the number of Babe Ruth, and you can have the number of Melvin Mora. Take that. I'll take Ryan Flattery. Hey, I'll take Melvin Mora. I went with day. Babe Ruth instead of Ryan Flattery for a reason, but thanks. For, for, I'll take him. Somebody's gotta take him. Yeah. Mm. You guys could have at least combined and been Eddie Murray. Ooh. Ooh, nice. All right. Uh, what else? Let me pull up these old show notes. Well, what else we got going on here in uh, Baltimore Sports? Uh, Blast, uh, Seth Smith. Uh, 
I mean, the the, the Ravens had their end of the season oh, yeah. presser. State, State of the Ravens. Of the Union. State of the Ravens, yeah. Uh, did you guys watch State of the Ravens? No, I saw some clips of Bashadi saying how firing everybody is not the way to run a business. Even though two years ago when we finished under 500, he said, this ain't going to slide. Yeah. And here we are two years later and still haven't made the playoffs since the Super Bowl, right? Yeah. But and, you know, the, uh, and we're still keeping the same crew around. But the majority of people will praise Steve Bashadi for his comments. Steve Bashadi, people love him. Yeah, I like him too. Really? I just, you know, it's three years removed from being in the playoffs. It's unacceptable in my opinion. And it and it shows with an empty stadium. It shows with the fan base. For me, you're not going to find a bigger Ravens fan than me who I'm just, I've lost interest because they're terrible. What's your response to them discussing raising ticket prices? Uh, we sold our PSLs. Did you really? My father did. Yep. <gasps> yep. We Why? Why? Uh, what was the re- was this like a family meeting or did he do it on his own? It was a bit did of a family meeting. He called me and said, "Hey, I got an offer for the PSLs. Would you be fine with me selling them?" And I said, "Sell them." Oh my gosh! You have a couple of down years and you sell the PSLs? Well, no, it's very little to do with the down years. Speaking personally, I can't go to the games that much anymore because I got to get a babysitter, and it's it turns into an all day thing. And I got a seventy five inch four K television at home, and I can uh, that. That's, that's that's the biggest thing. That's the biggest thing is going to a football game sucks. Staying at home, watching it on a big 4K TV with some friends over. The Wi-Fi at the stadium sucks. Free, free beer. What about the tailgating? The, the, the tailgating is fun. fun. Oh, I love it. Yeah. yeah. And, and You're a tailgater, Bert. Here's the thing. We'll still go to games, but we're not committed to the PSL to every single home game. You can get a, you can get a ticket to a game if you want to go to a game. And right I'll now. still go. Sure. I'll still go to a if game. If they start winning again, it'd be a lot harder. Sure. Yeah, and it should be. It should be harder. And if that is is that if that's what comes of all this, I'm fine with not going as long as they're winning. Right. If if they win, it's worth spending that extra money for those uh, other games. Um, the other thing Steve Bashadi did say that was interesting, and when asked about Marty about people being upset that Marty Morningweg did not get fired, he his response. You just killed that pronunciation. Nice job. I, I got that one down. Yeah. All right, you two are birds of a feather. Uh, I, I, you can't I, say freaking Saunders, but all right. Oh, I've been talking a lot Martin about Martin Wig. Martin Wig. Yeah, you got that one down. Yeah, thanks to uh, the locked on. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. I got to keep. Yeah, you're, you're the Martin expert. Wig. Yeah. Um, but he quickly went to say, "Joe's happy. My quarterback wants him back." So clearly, Joe is the guy who made the decision to keep Marty around. They, they, there was definitely a decision of Joe doesn't want his tenth. Offensive coordinator in nine years or whatever. I like it that they, he's making the most money, but you know, he he's he has he hasn't been in the playoffs. He's 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 a low tier mediocre quarterback. Yeah, I mean, this why is, are they letting this guy call the shots? Because he's getting the biggest paycheck, well, right? And they want him even more involved. How many saying. more years are we going to give him? Yeah, Steve Smith was on the show Speak Yourself today. Have you ever heard of that show? Mm-mm. It's on the. It's on Fox Sport. I don't know, but uh, I pulled the audio. <laughs> I like how you just cracked, like, I don't, like I don't it's know. Fox Sports even a thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, is, is that a network? Yeah, yeah. FS One. FS One. They're trying to rival ESPN. They're not doing a good job rivaling ESPN. There's a show on there with Jason Whitlock, Chris Carter, Colin Coward, and it's called Speak for Yourself. And they had Steve Smith on there today. Okay. I don't think Joe's holding the team back. Just like Odell didn't hold the Giants back. It's a team sport. It is collectively three phases of the game, win or lose the game. And so when you look at the Baltimore Ravens and what has happened, you look at the Monday Night Football where we got mollywhopped against New England. We lost uh, offensively. We didn't perform very well. 
Special teams, we got embarrassed. And in defense... I'm going to push you a little harder. Push me. Joe Flacco, is he a leader? Ray Lewis said on this stage, on this show, said passion for the game, not the greatest leader. Okay, when you say passion and you put it up there with uh, Ray Lewis, everybody... Or Steve Smith. Everybody compared to Ray Lewis is a little sparkler. <laughs> it's, it's a bad comparison. Joe operates or goes about things differently because here's the thing. Ray Lewis can, can, can dog cuss. He can go all those things. And all he has to do is hit someone. Joe Flacco has to do... If he does yeah, what Ray does, if he does what Ray does, and then all of a sudden try to remember what that co- what the uh, office coordinator is cor- telling you that... I don't want my quarterback to be that emotional. No. And you can't make someone into who they're not. Exactly. What the story about Flacco in 13, 14, 15, and 16 is, three of the last four years they've missed the playoffs. He's not Thank an elite pastor, short and intermediate. All right? Those are the things that Bashadi should be talking about. As a passer, a pure passer, at this point in this league, given all the experience he's got, yeah. he should be completing more than 62% of that, his passes. That, that, but I think here's the thing that is not put in account. Not put in account, he's coming off a severe ACL injury. And I think, personally, he, he was not 100% because I was injured. And I know I wasn't 100%. As soon as I started feeling good, whoop, I hurt my ankle. So he is playing behind, in which it takes a full 13, 14 months for you to real, really feel comfortable. Then we had some injuries on the line. So all of a sudden, now you're getting a little pressure. Do you buy that 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 Joe has been injured and uh, trouble coming back? That that's been an argument I've made for uh, a, a few weeks now. I, I I buy the argument. This is what I've been thinking a lot more about. I buy the argument that's a team game. I I think one of the things like I was thinking about what went well in 2012 that's not going well. People like, caught the ball. Well, he didn't have he didn't have amazing receiver in 2012. Like he had Anquan Bolden, who was great. But he had Ray Rice. He was like Steve Smith. I had Ray Rice, but our Buck Dennis Allen and, and Terrence. We have Dennis Pitta this year. Tory Smith and some bombs. Yeah, yeah. Well, I got the pass interference call, but but right. n- not that much better than Mike Wallace, right? Like I think there's not. It's not the playmakers that that are missing. I think it goes back to the offensive line, and I was looking at the numbers: 2012 sacks, and there was about the same sacks as this year. I thought, well, that's weird. But you remember the 2012 season? That's when Brian McKinney got healthy right before the playoffs, and he started playing really well, and all of a sudden. For the first time all year, with Brian McKinney holding it down left tackle, our offensive line gelled in that run towards the playoffs, and Joe Flacco was getting a lot of time. Yeah. You watch any NFL game, I almost guarantee you every time, the more successful quarterbacks are going to be the ones who have more than two seconds. Right. they you, got time. Yeah. You're talking about these these the fastest receivers in the world. Uh, if you give Joe enough time, he'll find somebody. But our offensive line, we what? Did we ever have the same offensive line for two weeks straight? Like it was a lot of injuries. Through injuries and through, um, yeah. I mean, a lot of talk was about Zuda uh, at center. Right. He atrocious. was horrible the entire season. Yeah. Yonda had a career year, but that's one guy on a five man line. Yeah. I mean, look at how Dallas is doing it this year. Look at how the Patriots do it every year. I mean, these teams. Cheating. Well, cheating, yeah. <laughs> but but for the most part, and watch the playoff games this weekend. The teams who protect their quarterback are the teams that are going to be more successful. And 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 for the Ravens, if you give Perryman more time, Mike Wallace more time, Steve Smith more time, they'll get open. One of the reasons we always do those little five-yard dump-offs to Dennis Pitta is Flacco gets nervous and he throws now and right. throws a little dump-off. Now, would a better quarterback, would Aaron Rodgers be able to break a tackle and look and go downfield? Sure. But you got to work with what you got. 
And so if you want Joe to be successful, yes, you got to get playmakers. Though I think we have those playmakers. I think the biggest thing is we need to invest, and we haven't been investing. We've been letting guys walk. Assembly, most recently, Assembly offensive lineman, one of the best in the league, let him walk to the Raiders. If you want to be good uh, and you want Joe to be successful, don't just get playmakers. Get guys in offensive line. Spend money on the offensive line. I mean, we have Alex we Lewis we got starting Alex Lewis. fourth round pick. Right. This rookie fourth round pick, he's our starting guard. Like, that's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah except yeah. he is playing pretty well. He and, is playing and, well. And Stanley is playing extremely it, well, too. So we do have some youth it, there it, that will help. But it does show how they're not really investing financially into the offensive Can they yeah. afford to because of Joe's contract? Well, what, you, you, had, that's where, you have to that's make a decision, makes, right? That was what makes football different than every other sport. Or at least different than baseball. Makes it it's, hard. It's the salary cap. Yeah. Because right? you, you then have to decide how much of our money is worth this offensive line. That's like a whole other sport in itself is managing the salary. Yeah, it's, it's, it is. It's a whole – Oh, I know. Like, Just read anything that Brian McFarland writes for Russell Street Report. <laughs> and you get, well, I get <laughs> yes. lost so quickly. He, he's amazing at it, but it's so hard to follow. that it's Those those salary cap uh, rules are, are complicated. But, I, I mean, I think that's what – like if I was – I know everyone talks about bringing in Marsh or bringing in a playmaker. Uh, for me, no one really talks about it. For me, the number one priority is finding an excellent center. Yeah. Um, I think no and adding depth to the offensive line. I think line. the reason people aren't talking about that is because we added depth to the offensive line this year. Yeah. That was so hopefully the those guys will progress. Right. So the idea is that Stanley and Lewis will progress. We need a center. We That's got to change. A center and we need cannot a cannot come back. Yeah, and we need a right tackle because I don't want Yanda over there right tackle. Right. We, we need right tackle as a starting right tackle well, as well. Yeah, I mean, if Yanda does not get that surgery and decides to just live with his arm, how it, his shoulder, how it is, then he will be a permanent right tackle. You think so? I think so. What does film study say? I don't know. We'll have to ask him. <laughs> but, I mean, if he doesn't have that, the whole reason he's playing right tackle is because of his arm. Yeah. So. And, oh, is that true? Yeah, that's why he was moved. I thought there was just a need there right tackle and. Because I would imagine it'd be harder to find a good uh, right tackle than a right guard. But I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah. I I, I I don't know. I'm not the expert. Me either. Me either. But We're I just do. Some knuckleheads here on the I do wonder, on the, on the with mics. you talking about that, that second step of being able to get out of the pocket or get away from a tackle, I do wonder how much of that is was Joe still recovering and not having the, that mobility, not having that trust in himself to go to that next level which then causes the quick dump outs. Because yeah. remember, at least most of the season, if not the entire season, he was also wearing a knee brace. Yep. We would see that every time he'd slide and it would look horrible. Yeah, and people would make fun of him and say, and Caleb Joseph right. even offered him lessons. And it wasn't that he didn't know how to slide. He's wearing a knee the, brace. The knee brace just got caught in the turf. You can't slide with the knee brace. Right, right. Yeah. So I think all that's got to give me some hope for next season. But it sucks to now be here and not have the Ravens in the playoffs. Especially when we just watched four ugly playoff games, that the Ravens could have been competitive in any of those games. Oh yeah, we were we were better than the Dolphins. We are better than Dolphins, and we're, I think we're better than the Texans. <laughs> yeah, remember remember we destroyed the Dolphins. Yeah, we're better than the Texans. I think um, Oakland I think was better than us. I mean they they beat us, but they were just for, unfortunate that their quarterbacks right. Got hurt. Yeah, they had some bad injuries. Yeah. Um, some comments from the chat room. John says Toronto. Going back to your David Price conversation, I know David Price did pitch for yeah, he Tampa Bay, for Toronto, then went Tampa, to he's Toronto. Yeah. just getting around. He just needs to go to the Orioles to finish off that um, 
The yeah, AL East. The AL East. Yeah. Yeah. Except, oh, and I'm sure he oh, will Yankees. sign. He will yeah. sign on the Orioles on like after his career's over. After he plays for the Yankees, and yeah. then like like uh, was it maybe Sabathia will come back? Was to it Nick press. Johnson? Is that the guy who did that? Who we had for like? Oh, we, half we a did year have him. Yeah. After he already played for every other team in the AL. Yeah, and who was the other utility fielder? Kelly, uh, the utility infielder who's who's played for I think every team. Oh right, right. Um, a couple years ago. Yes. Yeah. I'm blanking on his Kelly name. Johnson. Kelly Johnson. Yes. That's the guy. Um, Jacob says, Matt, did you sign my baseball 336 at the end? Yeah, I'm sure that was me. I think, uh, yeah, I think you did. That's kind of my thing. Um, and jo- Johnson. Is it, isn't that the only baseball you've signed? I've signed. No, I've signed more than that. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, at least one more. <laughs> all right. All right. Um, John says, 1057 says CJ Mosley is not any good. This is why, John, we tell people not to listen yeah. to 1057, but to listen to podcasts. I mean, Mosley did have a down year, but it's I'm not ready to give up on him yet yeah saying he's not any good it means like he's not good enough to be in your football team which is silly ridiculous right but he's he's not the star he's not the ray lewis replacement because no one will ever replace ray lewis yeah it's a tough tough ryan minor situation there <laughs> uh he's better than ryan minor uh chris says thanks for the live time love i'll catch the rest of the show later keep it real <laughs> I will. Yeah, I will keep it real. Why, why are you reading a goodbye? You know, reading everybody's goodbye. No, because I wanted. I wanted to make a mention at keep it real. Like bottom blast. Lower your beer prices. Keeping it real. I just want to get that in there one more time. Um, yeah. Uh, Jacob does not like your your Flacco excuse. He says that's not a legitimate excuse. He had a whole off season to heal. Um, yeah, a whole off season to heal from an ACL injury. That's a pretty major injury. And then the whole off season's what? Six months? Seven months? Yeah. Uh-huh. Hey, it's Jacob said it, Josh. Don't come at me, all right? If, if, You're if beef I, with Jacob. If I go outside and slip on some ice, it's going to take me a little longer than six months to get better. Well, you're not exactly the lead athlete. <laughs> Let's be honest here. So, we, so Joe Flacco just finished his eighth year in the NFL? I'm looking back at these things because I completely forgot the Ravens were in the playoffs in 2014. Uh, won the Super Bowl January of 2013. Right, the 2012 year. Yeah. Yep. And then the 2014 year, we played two playoffs games. We beat Pittsburgh at Pittsburgh and then lost to New England at New England. Uh, so it's been two years since we've been in the playoffs. Right. Right. And if Joe's – just finished his eighth season. He made it to the playoffs his first five years. Yes. The first year even making it to the conference championship game. Yes. Before losing to the Steelers. Remember this this three conference championship games in his first five years. Yes. Since we won the With Super a great Bowl, defense. Since we won the Super Bowl in Jan- February two thousand thirteen, we played two playoff games and that was only in the January two thousand fifteen. Right. Yeah. So it is a lot of what have you done for me lately? When we were paying him, you know, rookie salary, he was way outperforming it no rookie quarterback makes the playoffs his first five years or if they do they're they're one of the best yeah uh though we do they're th- like aaron Rodgers and, or something like that yeah ever he, since then right. it hasn't been anything right and you got to remember last season he missed half the season this season this Bengals game that just happened was the first time in his career he's played in a meaningless game that he's even his team has been there for him to even suit up. It's not like yeah, he was he hurt last year. Play in him. Yeah. yeah, he was hurt last year. So this was the first time the hatred for Joe Flacco and the call for a new quarterback makes no sense to me. I don't hate him, and I'm not calling for it. 
But in two years, we'll have this conversation. But yeah, not not now. I, right? I, is there, am I is am I wrong to be but frustrated that mm, we haven't been to the playoffs the last three years? Yeah, yeah. and there, I wonder if there is something too. Um, the the money deal. I mean, cornerbacks are the highest paid position in football. Sure. That's why you see people like Tom Brady take pay cuts to pay other players. Mm-hmm. It's also you see it all the time with a guy like Russell Wilson on a rookie contract take his team, mm-hmm. or Dak Prescott this year. Right. Right. When you when you pay a quarterback a rookie contract, it means you can pay all the other positions maybe a little bit more than you otherwise would be able to if your quarterback's making twenty five million dollars. Um, guys, you guys are spoiled. We have won two Super Bowls in the past sixteen years. Yeah. Most teams don't get to say they won one uh, Super Bowl in the past 20 sure. years. We haven't had a team for – we've only had a team for what, 20 years now? 1996, yeah. 21 years? Yeah. And we've got, we've got two Super Bowls. Yeah. We but need, what have you done for me lately? Exactly. We need to calm down. We – so we should just settle for the mediocre, uh, vanilla, garbage football we watched all season? Are you excited that the Orioles, for the past few years, have been built to be an 81 team with the hope of just get hot and you'll get into the playoffs? Yes, I the love Ravens it. The Ravens are built the same way. The Ravens are built to be a team just above 500 with, if things click, we can get in the playoffs. If things really click... Joe takes us through this to the Super Bowl. Yeah, but it's we're not the or- the Ravens aren't the Orioles. The expectations are higher, and it's on the Ravens yes. for being successful that they have those higher expectations right, than the that, Orioles. Yes, the expectations are higher, but I don't know if that's always fair to have expectations that high. Yeah. Uh, I guess, but uh, you know, I was always under the impression. Friends ask, "Hey, how are the Ravens going to do this year?" I don't know, but we'll make the playoffs. We always make the playoffs, right? And then we'll see what happens when you're not even making the playoffs. When uh. You are built to at least, quote, at least make the playoffs. That means you're beating all the teams you should beat, but you're losing to the better teams. And guess who else you're going to play in the playoffs? The better teams. Right. Yeah. That's why you can't beat the Patriots. But That's who, why you can't beat the Steelers when the game counts. But how many Hall of Fame players were on those teams to win the Super Bowl? Yeah. There were a lot. That's why those teams won the Super Bowl. Sure. Because it takes Ozzie Newsom drafted those players. Groom those players. Right. Yeah, the Ravens, all the things that we're not doing right. now. The Ravens became old, and now there's a new class of Ravens. There's and they're not as good. New class. Terrell Suggs, he'll be a Raven again next year, but he is the last of of that legacy. Yeah. And he is old, and too old to play three downs, a set of three right now, three in a row. One could argue he's too old to play any downs. You Yeah, you could totally <laughs> argue that, but he, he'll be back because he's cheap next year. Um. So it it is. It's about the Ravens rebuilding that, and they decided that we're not going to rebuild to be the dominant defense as many years. We want to go on the offensive side. So they're doing things different, and it's I, not and working. I don't. Uh, the other thing is, how do you build? What I don't understand. How do you build that dominant last for years, offense or defense when your coordinators are always changing, and in this salary cap where everyone gets more expensive. You need your players young. You need guys like Stanley and Lewis ro- playing under rookie contracts to out-contribute themselves. True. You cannot have like bad. Flat, you you, you can't have bad drafts. You can't afford one bad draft. You can't. You can't. You yep. need young. The, Perriman missing his first year, and and starting this year as his first year, hurt the Ravens. If this was his second full year, hurt him last year. Hurt us this year. Yeah. Yep. If he, this yep. was his second full year, 
we would be in much better space with him. Yeah. Yeah. So. Though, yeah, I tell you what, if the Orioles don't make the playoffs, we'll have, we'll have the same conversation. Sure. Right? Yeah, we got spoiled the last few years. Yeah, except that's a little different conversation where that's a you got to win now because Manny Machado is going to be gone forever and a Yankee. Yeah. He, he and Bryce Harper are. And, 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 we'll, and, and we'll lose. Facebook. We'll lose for the next thirty years. Yes, yeah. and I, something about me feels, and I've read enough articles to tell me that the Orioles are just going to botch the whole thing with Manny Machado. Yeah, whether that means they re-sign well, him, but then the rest of the franchise gets stuck, suck the rest of the, you know. Oh, like the Angels. Yeah, that, that would be they're the. They're going to pull strategy. Mike Trout, or he's going to go to free agency, and they're not going to get anything for him. They're going to ask him to take a hometown discount. Yeah, we've heard that. Before. I don't know. I, I don't feel good about it. I hope I'm wrong. The only thing I have hope on is that when the Yankees sign Bryce Harper, they won't be able to afford Manny Machado. <laughs> Reverse jinx. That's what I'm going with. I don't know why you had to even... Reverse jinx for the win. Go there, Bert. There'll be plenty of time to discuss Manny Machado's lack of contract in the episodes to come. The next 200 episodes. Oh, yeah. We're coming up on episode 200 here, guys. Oh, I didn't know that. I keep forgetting. Hey, what's up? I'm here. Hey, intern. We're going to kick it over to the intern with thoughts, corrections, fun facts, analyses. So, clarification, Vance Worley is, in fact, a free agent. Okay, yeah, he was not. Wait, didn't we yeah. say that? Yeah, no, just He's clarifying. just clarifying. Right. There was a clarification. definitive answer. But, but, but he is a free agent available if we want to bring him back, sure, I think, right? Sure, we can bring right? him back, yeah. yeah. If, he, if he's cheap, I have no problem bringing him back for the pack. It would be to a major deal, probably, so you have to yeah. get a spot for him. Right. Sure. And I was looking it up. Stephen Wright will most likely be the fifth man in the Red Sox rotation. As opposed to Eduardo Rodriguez? Yes, so the Orioles will only have to face three left-handed pitchers rather than four uh, in their five-man rotation. Still, that's pretty good rotation. Unless the <laughs> Red Sox want to run with a six-man rotation this year. They won't. Which is what MLB.com is yeah, slightly won't. projecting. It'll probably J- come down to uh, saying, you know. J- JLC and the intern will be happy celebrating. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm already getting a vibe from the intern. He's going back onto the he's, Red he's Sox. Back. No, he's uh, back. He's <laughs> back. <laughs> totally <laughs> back. No. no. But, uh... Fun facts, look up Mikel Tejada. He's not eligible for Hall of Fame voting yet because he was playing in 2014 with the Miami Marlins on a minor league contract. Oh, look Which at him. means he's not five years retired from the league yet. Huh. Think about it. How much money did Miguel Tejada make in his career, I wonder? And to – that it's, always blows my mind. When those why, players make millions of dollars and yeah. go bankrupt. Yeah, it's why they are really focusing on player development of also teaching rookies financial management. Yeah, they're really because uh, it's a it's a sore spot for both the NFL and MLB that they're trying and to the NBA, yeah, focus on that, all, especially all the NBA and and football where you're trying to get that big contract to help out, and then you feel like you owe it to your family and everyone else that that struggled with you, right? Do you know where you don't hear those uh, things happening? M A S L M A S L yes, <laughs> in the arena of soccer, yeah. Well, uh, nobody ever said baseball players were the brightest guys in the bunch. No. And the typical recovery time for an uh, ACL tear and then a full reconstruction is typically six months or longer. That's what okay. Joe Flacco had. Yeah. Yeah. I imagine that's a very much a case-by-case basis type thing. Right. And and I would imagine, is that six months till when, you're, like, a normal person's just walking around? Like, at what point do you feel well enough that you're playing full contact football? You know? Yeah. I think that's around, like, eight, nine months. Yeah. All right. Doctor intern. I'll say it again. What have you done for me lately? <laughs> and that's it. All right. Thanks, intern. We have a uh, new review. Do you have it pulled up, Josh? I do have it pulled Ooh, up. Oh, we do? New yeah. review. First review of 2017. Sweet. On iTunes. Go on there and give us a review. Like we this will guy. read it, but thank you. 
This one we're going to thank Fast Eddie 1967. I'm guessing that means he's pretty old. It's a bicentennial. 1967. Know, if he's fast and his name's Eddie, let's sign him up for the Orioles, huh? New right fielder? Maybe so. A great Baltimore sports show. Thumbs up is the subject. I rarely listen to my podcast app on my phone. But ever since uh, a friend of mine introduced me to Section 366, <laughs> I've been hooked. He does say Section 366. Uh, yikes. Uh, Eddie, Do you think he's Eddie, writing a review for the wrong uh, podcast? Eddie, Eddie, Uh-oh. Uh, yeah, he, he makes it up here. I've been hooked. Host Bert, Matt, and Josh. Oh, that's a great the right job podcast. Of simplifying everything going on in Baltimore sports, whether nice. it be the Orioles or the Ravens or now the Blast. Also, the fact that they have a live show on Facebook every week is pretty neat. Keep up with the good work, guys. Thumbs up, Emoticon. And we do have a live show. You can tune in every Tuesday, 730-ish, to check out the show. Moving to Mondays in like two weeks. We are moving to Mondays, yeah. I also do have one final correction. Yes. So, Miguel Tejada, his lifetime earnings for MLB were $96,462,658. Wow. This guy blew $100 million. Well, the first 58 go like that. The first 58 dollars. Right, that's what I hear. Yeah. That hits that second 50. That makes it a little tougher. It's, wow, uh, almost $100 million uh, Down the toilet. Well, you can like us. I'm uh, pretty sure I could live my entire life with one. One million? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You it properly. Yeah. Absolutely, you could. Yeah. yeah. And not go bankrupt? Yeah, oh, yeah, totally. Absolutely. Oh, uh, I mean, you're forgetting your daughter's college. They're girls. They just got to marry. They don't have to go to college. No, they're, they're smart. They'll get scholarships. Yeah, yeah. yeah. they're scholarships. I mean, hey, you, you pay for a reasonable house. You put some money in, in investments. Hey, if and you uh, live a normal life. I mean, I can live on a teacher's salary and not go bankrupt, right? Like right. that's Sure. If the Democrats would have gotten elected, by the time our kids are in college, it would be free, right? Yeah. And there's still hope, yeah. right? <laughs> how long I don't think Donald this? Trump's going to give free college to anybody. No, but how long will this the, the Donald phase last? It can't Four last years. very long. No, no more than eight. Yeah. And, and maybe a month. Who knows the way things are going. E. 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 <laughs> See, Josh is going back to the uh, Baltimore NCAA. That's a good move. That's a good move. He really, he's oh. jumped off the bandwagon. Yeah, I got he's pulled right an intern here. jumping off the bandwagon. <laughs> <laughs> things start going south. No, I thought I'd just go with something different tonight. All right, boys and girls. Our song's done, so we got to wrap this thing up. Like us on Instagram. <laughs> follow us on Facebook. Sure. Yeah. Follow us on the, the Twitter's at Section 336 show. You can follow me on Twitter at Section336. You can follow Bert. At Bert Rohde. You can follow Josh. At Josh Soroka. And you can follow the intern. At WWE. But I want to re- recommend it. Thanks for listening, boys and girls. And as always, go Ravens, go Orioles, and go Blast. Section 336 is a affiliate of 24-7 Networks. Find Section336 on utahstreetreport.com.